All right, open your Bibles to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, if you don't have a traditional Bible but you want one, just raise your hand and one of these beautiful people will bring you one. You can either borrow that or you can keep it. It's our gift to you. Or if you have a smart device, you can open up the version or the Bible app and all the notes and scriptures, everything except pictures have already been uploaded. If you're watching us live online or at one of our services at the Brown County Correctional Facility, love you guys. So glad that you're a part of our family. And as Pastor Sonny said, so glad that you guys are a part of our family. So just give a clap to yourselves to be here today. Uh, so we're in this series, Pastor Tony talked about it, that uh, we're just calling frequency. The whole point of it is where we're talking about hearing from God, hearing the voice of God, tuning in, narrowing in, getting ourselves just on the right frequency. It's kind of if you're over 40, it makes a lot more sense. But, you know, radios didn't used to be, I mean, we used to have radios, first of all, where there were channels, where there were stations. And then before they were digital, there used to be like a band where you, you know, you could just, you thought that you were on it. You thought that you were on channel 96, but we just, maybe you were on like 95.7. And so you just had to just 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 adjust it just a little bit. And sometimes it feels like that when we're trying to hear from God, like maybe we're just 0.03 degrees off. And so we've been looking at this verse in the gospel of John. It says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep, they listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he's brought them out, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they run away from the stranger because they don't recognize his voice. His sheep follow his voice, but they run from the voice of a stranger. You ever uh, talk to somebody who's really just just quiet? People just try to talk to them, and they're just very quiet people. I mean, they they, they talk really, just really quiet, and it can be frustrating because... Sometimes you see their voice moving, but they're, they're just, there's, you just wonder where the, where the words are coming from. Now feel it. Thank you. I feel like those people can be impossible to hear. A few years ago, Pastor Sonny and I were speaking at a church just outside Austin, Texas, and a lady came up to us out in the lobby after the message, and it must have been moved by that, and she had this entire conversation with us. And the only thing that we could make out was one word. The whole conversation, the very last word, it's divorce. It's divorce. I didn't know what to do. This is one of the rare times in ministry that I was like, she stumped me. And I I didn't know what to do. And so I felt like the one thing that they teach you in seminaries in all situations, just just pray for that person. And so, so I just, I said, sister... Sister, can we just pray? And I, and I, just, I just prayed the most generic prayer that, that you could pray. And, and when you pray a generic prayer, for some reason, you feel like you need to have, like, have more Holy Ghost in it. So, God, we just pray for our sister right now. God, we don't know all the specifics of her situation. But God, gratefully, you do. So, so we pray blessings over our sister's situation in the, in the strong, mighty name and ears of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And, and in the car on the way to the hotel, I asked Sonny, I said, uh, what, what did that lady say? And she said, I don't know. All I heard was just the word 
just the word divorce. And, and she was what I call a quiet talker. And they, they make you strain. They make you struggle to hear. But what I know about God is that God is not a quiet talker. There's another group of people, maybe you've, maybe you've had a conversation with one of these kind of people. They're, they're people who are, who are soft-spoken. I think quiet talkers and soft-spoken people, I think they're different. My dad, for example, he's very soft-spoken. He's, he's not loud, but you can hear him. Uh, when someone is like my dad and is soft-spoken, when they speak, you have to pay attention. Unlike quiet talkers, people who are soft-spoken don't cause frustration, but they do require focus. Because if you do not focus, you might miss something. Sometimes God can come across like he's soft-spoken. But from my experience, he, he is not. I think scripture shows us that God actually falls into a third category. And it's important that we understand that category because God is trying to speak to us personally. So today, I want to give you the why and I want to give you the how. Why is God speaking and how? Let's pray. God, we love you. We're grateful to you. Thank you that you are speaking to us. You're calling our name. You you have our name on the tip of your tongue. You have our heart in your heart, our minds in your mind, our futures in your command. And so today, speak because your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Why and how? Why and how? Two of the most commonly asked questions in regard to to God. Why does God speak and how? I want to talk about those two questions. Uh, uh, like, why does God want to have a personal, individual conversation with me? And how does that work? And these two questions are important. It's why we're doing this whole series, because there's an entire group of people in the religious community who would try to teach us, try to tell us that God has stopped speaking, that his final words were, were in the Bible. And when the Bible was finished being written, God was finished speaking, but nothing can be further from the truth, and that will make him a very impersonal God. We still have a speaking God. In fact, American philosopher Dallas Willard said, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with him. God wants to have a personal relationship with you, but but you can't have a personal relationship without personal connection. And you can't have a personal connection without personal conversations. I actually think that Christianity has a branding problem. I think that we have created God in our own image. With our impatience and impetuousness, with our insensitivities and our insecurities. And so because of that, we treat God like he's mean and mad, critical and distant. But he's not any of those things. He's actually the opposite. And he's desperate to be connected to you, to get up close and personal. He wants to be with us. And it's not just my opinion. This isn't just some touchy-feely, feel-good gospel. In the gospel of Matthew, an angel appears. And I think anytime an angel shows up, you probably should listen. And an angel appears and he speaks to a man named Joseph who would go on to become the earthly father of Jesus. And he says, the virgin will conceive. She's going to give birth to a son. Now watch this. He's going to have a name. His name will be, will be Jesus. 
but he will also have a title. He, he, he'll have a nickname. They'll, it's what they'll call him. His, his name will be Jesus, but they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, because, because he's going to have a distinct, unique characteristic that's different from all the other gods that people have believed in or all the other religions that people have practiced up until this point. And that characteristic is that he is a personal, personable God who wants to have a personal relationship, a personal connection with you and with me. And that desire for a personal connection demands personal communication, demands personal conversations. And so I want to tell you the why, and I want to tell you the how, but let me start with the why by giving you three reasons that God speaks. And here's the first. God speaks to facilitate friendship. Friendship. I think a lot of people don't see God that way, but, but we know that that's true because, because in the second book in the book, Exodus, in the 33rd chapter, it says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And this fact should change the way that we approach prayer. I, I've seen so many people go through this this change, go through this metamorphosis when it, when it comes to prayer, where, where they suddenly feel this need to wax eloquent, to get all uh, formal about it, to get, to get all stuffy. And, and I've, I've, I've seen people, heard people go like King James on it when they, when they start to pray and, and kind of like throw some these and some, and some thou's in there. Oh, God, thou art great. Thy name is lifteth up upon all of the peopleless. And you go, are you Sylvester from Tweety? Like, is this Bugs Bunny? Or did you suddenly get a, like, what happened to you? Like, y'all, God isn't even from England. <laughs> and when you start talking to him like that, I think God has this reaction. He's like, what you talking about, Willis? Like, you just, for, <laughs> hello? Come on, somebody. What y'all know about some Gary Coleman? Some different strokes. Some different strokes for different folks. That's a great show. Go home and download that in Silver Spoons and your life will be changed. Like, you don't have to get fancy with God about it. You don't do that when your friends call you. Like, your friends don't call you and you say, well, hello. It's so magnificent to hear from you. Your relationship is so enriching to me. Like, if you, if you did that, your friends would clown you out. They'd be like, oh, what are you doing? What are you talking? Must have the wrong number. And God's no different than any of your other friends. He, he's really just looking for a conversation. But for whatever reason, prayer seems to punk us out. And so over the past few years, I've changed my approach to prayer. And, I, and I've done that by writing my prayers. Now, you, you can talk your prayers all you want. Some people talk their prayers. People, people pray differently. Some people whisper pray. Some people shout pray. Some people like sit pray. Some people kneel pray. They probably think they're super holy. They just have sore knees. They, they do the kneel pray. Some people are prayer walkers. I like the prayer walkers. I like people who... <laughs> the droids you are looking for are no longer here. You know what I'm saying? It's like... The Jedi prayer. Some people are prayer walkers. I'm a prayer sitter. I'm a couch prayer. I like to get a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. I like to sit down, same spot if I can. Got my little prayer journal, and, and I write my prayers. And, and I always start my prayers with the same opening. Hi, friend. Because I want to remind myself that Jesus 
is my friend. I'm just trying to tell you that God is speaking and he speaks to facilitate friendship with you. Here's the second reason is God speaks to give guidance, guidance, direction, because because he can see dangers that we can't. He can see roads that we shouldn't be taking and, and he's just trying to guide us, which for some of us can create tension. Some, sometimes God will, will try to guide you away from something that you're doing and you won't agree with him. And you don't agree with him because you wouldn't be headed in the direction that you're headed if you didn't think that it was the right direction. You ever argue with your GPS? Have it try to, try to reroute you and, and you disagree? Because you know if you drive far enough, it'll change the route again. You, you just start to argue. You start to ignore it. Sonny does that. I'm going to just put her out here, like all the time. Son, Sonny has a love-hate relationship with GPS. This is her line. Why is it taking us this way? What, what is wrong with this thing? Like in any car, it could be a rental car. It can be a borrowed car. Usually, mostly in my car. Like my GPS has a vindictive, you know, it's like it's got a problem with Sonny. Like it gets in and it goes, oh, Sonny's here. Let's take us the longest way possible. And, and it's a, she thinks it's a conspiracy, the GPS. But what you need to know is that this isn't a conspiracy. God sees the end from the beginning. He sees hazards we can't, so he diverts our direction and he says, I know you want that job, but I have a better job for you. I know you love him, you, you think he's the one, but, but I have somebody who, who fits better for you. He sees roadblocks and wrecks ahead on your path, and so he, he reroutes you, and we need to learn to trust him. The Proverbs say, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Listen for God's voice. He is speaking, and he speaks to give us guidance. Here's, here's a third one. God speaks to provide perspective. Perspective, again, that he has that you currently don't because not everything you're seeing is what's actually going on. Not everything that you're seeing in the natural or in the physical is actually what's going on. There's another dynamic that's going on. There's a spiritual, supernatural dynamic that's taking place and God just happens to have both perspectives. He said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for you, but God will reveal it by his spirit. He wants to show you some things that you may not be seeing. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith, it is the substance of things that we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. So don't live by what you're seeing. Live by what he's saying. In other words, put listening ahead of looking. I think... I think maybe, maybe I should put this in something that maybe hits a little closer to home. So uh, in October of 1982, the Badger football team was playing against Michigan State. And, and the Badgers were losing. They were getting clobbered. But, but what was confusing to the coaches and the players was that even though they were losing, the fans just kept randomly cheering out of nowhere. So at the half, Coach McLean brought the players in and he sat them down and he, and he said, these fans obviously see something that you don't. Y'all, they believe. Like, you know, coaches, coaches, just, they believe. Even though you're losing, they believe that you could win. 
So the players got jacked up and they channeled those cheers and they came back and they won the game. It's like, yeah, coach had the greatest way. Turns out though, Coach McLean might have misunderstood the cheers. Apparently, while the Badgers were playing against Michigan State, just up the road in Milwaukee, the Brewers were playing the Cardinals in game four of the World Series and many of the people who were in the stands had earbuds in. And every time the Brewers would make a good play, the fans would cheer at the Badger game. <laughs> the fans in the stands were seeing one thing, but they were hearing another. Mm. They were looking at defeat, but they were listening to victory. Come on, somebody. Just I know we're from the north, but come on, somebody. That'll, that could have been the whole sermon right there. <laughs> That'll preach. <laughs> It's why scripture tells us, fix our eyes not on what we see, but on what is unseen. Because what we see is temporary, but what is unseen, it's eternal. God, he is speaking and he speaks to provide perspective. But the question is, how? How does God speak? And there are lots of ways. I mean, you could go through this book and there's at least a dozen different ways that you could list that are ways that God speaks. He, like he can speak to us loudly with, with crashes of thunder or mighty rushing waters. He can speak, and he does, through his word. He, he can speak through prophets or pastors or leaders. He can speak through pain or through circumstances. He, he can speak in all sorts of ways. But for me, I find one predominant way that God speaks for me, and we can see it in the scriptures in the book of 1 Kings. And, and many of us know, I've, I've talked about this story ad nauseum. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 18 where, the, where there's a prophet. Basically, a prophet is a guy who, who speaks for God. He predicts things that will happen. He issues warnings. And there is a prophet. His name is, is Elijah. And, and Elijah thought he was the only prophet of God left. And so he, he goes to battle. He, it's like a breakdance war. He goes to battle with 450 prophets of a false god named Baal. And God, in that story, he shows up and he shows out. And 1 Kings, if you are a preacher and you can't preach 1 Kings 18, you need to go sell shoes at Nordstrom. This is one of the all-time great fields for pastors and preachers to talk about. But very few preachers would go to the next chapter in 19 and talk about where Elijah deals with the depths of depression. And if you missed my message a couple months ago on depression, I talk about 1 Kings 18 and talk about how God wants to help us deal with depression. With his life in danger, Elijah is hiding in a cave. And God comes to him and he says, what are you doing here? I'm not in this cave. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. The Lord is about to pass by. So Elijah goes out, and, and then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart, and it shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord, he was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord, he wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there came a fire. But the Lord, Scripture says, he was not in the fire. But after the fire came a gentle whisper. Some versions call it a still, small voice. How does God speak? For me, God is a whisperer, not a quiet talker, not somebody who makes you strain and struggle and causes frustration, not, not even someone who's soft-spoken, who requires focus. 
God for me is a whisper. You know, the words of a whisperer are usually reserved for a specific listener. And when someone whispers, it requires that the listener close the space, that they reduce the proximity between them and the listener. And so today, I want to close the space for you. I want to I want to hopefully reduce the proximity by giving you four things that God whispers. Here's the first. God whispers encouragement. Contrary to popular belief, God is not trying to yell at you. He is not trying to cuss you out. He is not trying to tell you everything that's wrong with you. Scripture says he speaks to us deep in our hearts, and he tells us that we really are his kids, He's trying to tell us that he loves us. He cherishes us. He believes in us. He's trying to tell you that he's proud of you, that, that he sees you, as Pastor Sonny said, as a part of his family. I, I love the words in the message paraphrase. Uh, it says, pay attention. Come close now. He says, close the gap. Reduce the proximity. Come close. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. He's speaking love and life over you. If you're hearing words that are death, that's not God. Because God is whispering words of encouragement. You know, the word encourage, all that the word encourage means is to add courage to. So what God is trying to do is God is trying to add courage to your life. So he whispers words of encouragement. Here's the second thing is God whispers warnings, warnings. Let, let, let me just use some, uh, what we'd call Christianese for a minute. Christianese is that unique language that uh, only Christians use or understand. It's uh, uh, weird in many regards. Uh, like, uh, here, here's a little uh, example of some Christianese. This would be, uh, how you doing today? Oh, brother, blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly favored in Jesus' name. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Okay, is this looking for a good? That's okay. Or, uh, or uh, you tell somebody, they're, they're Christian, and you tell somebody that you're struggling with something. Let's pray the blood of Jesus over that. Let's pray that you'd be covered in the blood in Jesus' name. And you're like, whoa, Dracula, watch out now. You call Bram Stoker. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to be covered in nobody's blood. That's, that's, that's this is looking uh, to not feel sick is all I was looking for there. So, so we, we, have this, we have this whole, when you've been in the church for a minute, you, you have this, this whole vernacular that you have. And when you're Christian, you're the only people who use it and you're the only people who understand it. But uh, you may have heard a Christian use this phrase. I don't know where it originated from. I don't know where we picked it up, but sometimes Christians will say, I just had a check in my spirit. In other words, I was headed in one direction, but the Holy Spirit said, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that if I was you. I, I wouldn't say that you better sl just slow your roll. Stop. Mm -mm. This is what you're doing. This is what you should be doing. That's a check. That's, that is the translation of I had a check in my spirit. So next time somebody says that, we see it in the book of Acts. It says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit, watch this, to preach. To which most Christians would think, mm, that couldn't be God. There's no way 
that that could be the Holy Spirit because there's no way that the Holy Spirit would tell somebody that would, would prohibit somebody from going to a city and preaching. But God speaks to give guidance and he sees hazards that we can't. And so he diverts our direction. God knew what they didn't know. God knew that there were people that had been killing Jesus people in that city. And so he said, you don't want to go in there. In fact, it says they came to Mysia and they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them go there either, which is, you read that and it's crazy. And here's the deal. I don't know what was going to happen had they gone into that town, but God did. So he whispered a warning to protect them from themselves. I don't know about you, but I need that sometimes. I actually need to be protected from myself more often than I don't need to be protected from myself because I, I, can, I can be a bit short. I can be a, a bit of a reactor. Uh, my tongue is thick and slippery, and I have a hard time grabbing hold of it when somebody says something stupid. That's all I'm saying. I have a hard time, I have a hard time letting things go, uh, especially when it comes to my kids. And, and my son, Isaiah, he, he just recently transferred schools. And it, it, you just say, whatever, man. He just, just wants to go to a different school. Y'all, he took so much shade about that on social media. And, and I would read that stuff. And, and man, y'all, I wanted to respond so bad. I wanted to react so bad. I wanted to go on that little kid's profile and talk about... Uh, <laughs> fool out. You know what I'm saying? Boop! You just translate that. I'll kill you right now. What's your dad's phone number? Just me and him can have a conversation. I mean, it's like I just always man. I just wanted. I wanted to just just say some things. And I picked that. I I downloaded Snapchat on my phone just so I could say some stuff to some stupid kids. I picked up my phone, and the Holy Spirit said, "You better put those thumbs away, because." Because sometimes he has to protect us from ourselves, so he whispers warnings. Warnings. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go there. Here's the third thing God whispers. He whispers direction. And I love what the prophet Isaiah says. He says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And some of you guys are looking for direction in your life. You might want to just want to go ahead and answer that. <laughs> Let's keep, just keep on calling. They're not going to stop calling. Just tell them, hold on a minute. Some of you need direction in your life. Some of you are trying to make a decision about a marriage or about a move, about a job or about a school. And God wants to be involved in those decisions. So he'll give direction. And he generally gives direction in the form of peace. And so when people ask me, how do I decide what to do or where to go? I tell them, you should pursue the peace. And we see that over and over again in the scripture. In the gospel of Luke, there's a guy named Simeon. And Simeon wanted to be used by God in a significant way. And Luke says that Simeon was righteous and devout. So while he was praying, it says he was moved by the spirit to go into the temple court. And when he was obedient and went in, Joseph and Mary brought baby Jesus in. And they brought in baby Jesus to be dedicated. And Simeon just happened to be the dude who was there to perform the dedication because the Holy Spirit whispered direction and he listened. Or in the book of Acts, there's a guy named Paul. He wrote half the New Testament and he's a pretty significant guy. It says, compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, not knowing what would happen there, not knowing what would happen there, but knowing 
whatever did happen there would end up for his good because we just saw if God didn't want him to go there, he wouldn't have called him to go there. And because we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called. He's calling. He's speaking. He whispers direction. Here's the fourth thing is he whispers dreams. And this one, this is my favorite because God will put something inside of you that you never dreamt you could do yourself. The book of Job says, God speaks again and again, though people, they don't recognize it. He speaks in dreams. He speaks in visions. And I'm so grateful for the dreams that God has given me, things that God has spoken over my life that like Job, other people looked at and they didn't recognize them. Other people looked at and they didn't think was possible. They looked at and they, and they, they, they never imagined that I could do this or that I could do that. But you know, God did dreams like an amazing marriage or incredible kids who both love Jesus. This church, you, you are a dream come true. Writing books, being a part of the exchange, these new church sites that we're launching in the fall, being a part of the Packers. I mean, like, are you kidding me? I know me. And so sometimes I think I'm going to wake up and it's all going to be over, except all these things aren't from me. They're from God because I'm not special. I'm just listening. I'm just positioning myself, leaning in, closing the gap, reducing the proximity, looking at one thing, but listening to another. And you can too, because he's speaking. But are you listening? Are you responding? Because a response is required. So let me send you home with two ways that you can respond to God. Here's the first. Tell God, God, I'm open to hear. Say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Tell God you're open to hear. Here's the second is tell God, I'm eager to respond. Which is back to our theme verse in the Gospel of John that says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen and they follow. Are you listening and are you following? If you're not, you can before you leave here today. Would you close your eyes all across this place? My sheep listen and they follow. You couldn't boil salvation down any better than that. It's listening and following. Some of you are here today and God's been talking to you for decades. He's been talking to you because you've been uneasy. He's been talking to you because you've been unsettled. He's been talking to you because you've been uncomfortable. And you've just taken that as you need a better job, you need a better spouse, you need a better house, you need a better car. What you really need is to follow. So this morning, we're going to give you opportunity to do that. Salvation is listening and following. So this morning, we're going to give you opportunity to do both of those things. Salvation really is just a churchy word that says, I need to be rescued. My life isn't working, so I need to, I need to change what I'm doing, change where I'm going. And I wonder if you're here and that's you. You say, it's not working. And I'm ready to try something bigger than me. So this morning, we're going to give you opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Here's all that means. When you say your Lord, it means he's in control. He's in charge. He gets to, to rule your life. When you call him your Savior, that just means that you acknowledge that you need to be rescued and you can't save yourself. So this morning, if you want to do those two things, 
receive him as your Lord and receive him as your Savior. In just a moment, with nobody looking around, we're going to do two things. First is we're going to have people raise their hand and make eye contact with me to confess that they're a sinner. Then you can put your hand down and everybody in here is going to repeat the same prayer after me to profess that they need Jesus as Lord. So if you're here today, say, Sean, I need to receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior with no one looking around. Would you raise your hand today so I can see you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Okay, everybody in here say these words. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Change my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we want the opportunity to pray for you, to follow up with you, to get to know you, to help you in your Jesus journey. It's where you go from the point that you're at now toward where Jesus wants you to be, which is more like him. And so if you take that hello card, tear off the bottom part, fill it out, check the box that's highlighted in yellow that said you're, you're deciding to, to follow him. Either put it in the black buckets when they come around at the end, or you can take them out to the Welcome Center. Either way, we just want the chance to connect with you. And as Pastor Sonny said, we do have a packet. In that packet, one of the most important things is a CD. It's a 12-minute presentation that says, what now? It's how you go from where you are toward where he wants you to be. And so we would love for you to have that. Just pick that up. We're gonna ask you to close your eyes again. Don't leave yet. We're not done. Pastor Sonny's gonna close us out here in just a second. But I wonder if you're here and you say, I'm a Jesus guy or I'm a Jesus girl, but I haven't been responding. You've been listening. You know what God wants you to do. Some of you are in a relationship you need to not be in. Some of you aren't in a relationship that you need to be in. Some of you need a different job. Some of you need whatever it may be. You know that God is talking to you, but you're just being stubborn. If today you say, you know what, I'd like to give up and I want to start listening and responding. If that's you, nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand just so I could pray for you today? God, for my friends in this place who want to respond, Give us your heart in Jesus' name. Amen.